0: And, that, and that's the problem with Carmelo Anthony is that that's the reason why it's been so hard for me as a Melo fan over all these yeah. years to continue to go to bat for him because he does nothing else when his game
1: isn't
0: mm-hmm. on. Like he, he's like a it's like he's like a big man that's not a big man. Like you're yeah. not the traditional big yeah. man who doesn't touch the ball two three times down the court and they check out on defense because they they're not touching the ball. So you know, but he's like that. But it's like I don't be hot and the team's gonna make up for it but now it's like okay you can't do shit else what else can you do
2: all right let's get uh let's get started with the pod because
3: uh wait this isn't a daredevil intro right now oh yeah you're right (laughs)
2: sorry Um, (laughs) my bad
4: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we go through all of the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and also we do TV shows. We did Cloak and Dagger. We haven't been on in a while, actually, so it's nice to be back. Let me say that first. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton, and today we are talking about season three of Daredevil, which is going to be fantastic to talk about. So we have a we have a wonderful panel to, to introduce here. So first, the one who solves illicit mysteries with the podcast Sorted History. He knows movies and actors better than anyone does. He's a ding-counting machine. Jake Christie. Jake, what's up, brother?
2: Uh, not match much. Just really excited to be here. Excited to talk to Marvel again. I really like Daredevil. I can't wait to talk about it.
4: Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. And then, of course, he's always waiting for the one-liner with the Photoshop reminder video editing titan. He is never not a magician with no restriction, with no
3: condition. Jerome Cheng, a.k.a. Black Dragon Roll. Jerome, what's good? I honestly forgot how to do this thing, so uh, you're going to have to give me a little bit to like work my way back in. But I'm excited. I'm excited oh. to be back.
4: <laughs> We're going to get into it. And then, of course, of course, our special guest. And he is a honorary member of this team, the homie who's always funny. And remember, your aunt always owes him money with the hairline so majestic <laughs> you can't even reject it. Durag King, an honorary member of the team, Mariano Bivens. What's good, my brother? What's good, man?
0: I'm chilling, man. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back talking to y'all boys again, man. Excellent,
4: excellent. So we have Daredevil Season 3. What a fantastic season this was. Mm-hmm. And to dive into this is going to be really fun. So uh, this first, to kind of give a general background, this story of Season 3 was based off of the comic book uh, Daredevil Born Again, which had a lot of the story elements that we saw in season three now there are some some things that weren't in there like uh karen page giving up daredevil's identity to kingpin because he offered her some more drugs which is interesting in itself
3: uh, but she she does it in a different way like right right like I i think they figure out their way around it where she doesn't have the addiction although like even in that episode where they dive into her past she does have a drug thing there yeah. but i think like they work yeah. around it in a way while yes. still like giving that moment of her giving up the identity because like i think it's like a key moment for like people who know the story like yourself
4: right yeah absolutely so so that was interesting in itself and i think it's a story of a hero looking for redemption as well as his friends and a villain at the peak of his powers and an origin story unlike that we've seen so let's get into some general thoughts uh mariano what did you think of this season overall
0: um i I loved it man i I thought that uh i i I thought that seasons like this are a true test of like writing overall because like when you have like an action-based show when you can do a lot with just dialogue and like really you know like the dialogue for me like carried the season like it was so interesting to just you know hear these conversations and see what's going on um from episode to episode like it was it is is you know I I don't want to sound like it's like recency bias but like it's the best season to me you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. I, like I I absolutely love the overall um we'll we'll get into like my favorite parts and all that like we talk about it later but like this that shit was incredible man
4: yeah man uh Jerome what what did you think of season three.
3: I loved it. Um, you guys know, because from our chats, like I haven't been keeping up with the Netflix series, but with this one coming out and being a fan of Daredevil, I just wanted to jump back in. And yeah, I'm not disappointed at all. Uh, I got to say, because uh, like, we've all seen it, and anyone who's listening, I'm sure they're not spoiled by the fact that uh, one of the villains that comes up through this is Bullseye. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize until I watched this season how repressed my memory of the daredevil movie was that I forgot bullseye existed <laughs> as a character right. as a villain that when he came back up here i was like oh right he's his main nemesis and like and for that to like like pan out the way it did and then but like to realize and like be genuinely surprised and happy by it but also remembering like i knew this this whole time but i made it such a point to forget colin Farrell and his character the whole like up to this point but um no the the whole season was like fantastic uh great action sets great characters um but we'll get into it yeah absolutely and and jake what are your thoughts on it's
2: really simple it's uh your superhero tv for tv show in particular because it's so much longer you're only as good as your villain and season two of daredevil was not as good because the punisher was not really the villain and uh Mm -hmm. the hand Mm -hmm. is not that interesting um And I, I would have probably saved Netflix a lot of money if I told them that before they made the hand, the enemy, in both Iron Fist and The Defenders, because mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't have done that. Um, but it's just, <laughs> right. it's just like – I think I, what Mario said. Mariano said is right is that it, the dialogue is great, and that needs to be the case because just the nature of television – one the pacing of it it can't all be big fight action scenes like whereas, like with a movie a movie's mm-hmm. only 2 hours long a movie if all the only good parts are the action scenes that can still be like 45 minutes of the movie so that's good but like both the time the pace and the fact that fight scenes are expensive so like the, the reality is you really can only have like one big fight scene in an episode at the very most so yeah. <laughs> the problem that a lot of these shows have is that they are they, the di- the character's not interesting, the dialogue isn't interesting, like, it's not... You basically can just, like, check your phone when there's not fighting going on, whereas this was, like... And I think so much of it is lent to the dialogue and the performances, particularly of Vincent D'Onofrio, where it's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you ha... It... The scenes... When it's the scenes with Kingpin and, like, the FBI agents are, like, hey, Kingpin really doing anything, it, they are, as in my opinion, they are almost as gripping as any fight scene in the show. Like, it's just so intense... I don't know, um, really, really good stuff, great acting, and I think that's what you can do when you really take superhero material very seriously. Um, You could make something like that.
4: Yeah, overall, it was just very very compelling from start to finish, and I think the point that you made about pacing, we've always discussed that the problem with these TV shows is that the pacing is poor. Um, They take too long to set up stuff. And sometimes they uh, there's there's placeholder episodes where you get stuck in a certain place and you can't get to the next place without waiting for such and such to happen. I thought this was perfect in the sense because you get you get the origin story of Bullseye and it's layered, it's multi-layered, mm-hmm. and the way that Fisk twists him and turns him when otherwise maybe in an instance he and, could become a hero. And you also
2: get. I think that the thing is they a lot of shows get criticized when they have too many stories, but I think that what Daredevil did great in this is that like there are like five or six distinct stories going on at once, which on the one hand sound, could be bad, but also it's like this is how you fill up 13 episodes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's how... Mm-hmm. And I, yes. I actually want to talk to you, I want to talk at some point about the Nadim storyline because I think that that's something that is the biggest departure from the other Netflix shows is how, is yeah. how that storyline unfolds. Because um, I think that that's like Having the origin story of a villain and having like the hero and that like, kind of the hero's friends, like that's all pretty uh, rudimentary. And I remember when I first saw the Nadim storyline, I was like, "Why are we spending so much time with this guy?" But what had occurred to me as the season was going on, it's like, "Oh, this is fascinating and so necessary because so much of the first season." and the third, but mostly the first, is like, you saw that the whole world basically of New York was controlled by Wilson Fisk, right? That everyone right. was on the take, mm-hmm. everyone was doing stuff for him, and what I realized that Nadeem's story was supposed to do was like, this is how it happens. Like, it's not just money. Like, this is how Wilson Fisk controls everything. Like, this is a small microcosm because what happened to Ray Nadim happened to every other character you've seen someone do stuff right. on behalf of him. Right. And, like, that's, right. like, that's what makes it tragic where it's like, oh, fuck, every person, every cop who shot someone, every, they they all had the exact same experience. You know,
0: you know the crazy shit, though, Jake? Like, my wife and I, as we watched it, we watched the build-up with Nadim, mm-hmm. we thought he was being groomed to be the villain. Yeah, because, like, so did because I. Because, the way the way that they kind of set his... They would they were already giving you the story about like, oh, this is where it went left for him. Like Mm -hmm. this is what this is what made him, you know, and it felt like we were watching it happen like in real time. Like just his and you know, he he did a great job of acting because like his facial expression sold a lot of those scenes for me. I was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, especially um when he goes into the office and he breaks down about, you know, uh, you know, how long he's been there and Mm -hmm. experience and stuff like that. And he's like, Yo, why am I not moving up? For me, I, I took a step back and I was like, "Damn! Like this is real. I, I didn't realize that this type of thing could really happen. You know, I, I, obviously it happens. You know, in real life. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't realize that that was a thing. Where it's like, "Oh no, nah, we can't promote that guy because he has financial issues and he's a liability because somebody he's probably more likely to be corrupted by this." But that know, does whatever. make sense
2: when it's when you hear it yeah. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, one
0: hundred percent." It made so much sense, and I had never thought about that before until. You know when she said that to him, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like wow, maybe they weren't like discriminating." You know, what I mean, just because of you know whatever, like his background, whatever. They're looking at like legit facts. Like, nah, fam, we can't risk it. But you know, then you find out later on. Like, wait a minute, you was just telling me about being corrupted, and you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was. <laughs> I, I it yeah. really threw me for a loop. I thought I really thought he was going to be the villain this season. Like, for, like, for real. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: it's just so. It, the compelling aspect you not only talk about a demon you could talk about all of these different characters So since we're talking about characters, let's get into our favorite non daredevil character uh, Jake who's your favorite and why
2: uh, Wilson Fisk because uh, I mean it's like it's 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 one of those things where an actor is just like I'm going to act the shit out of everything in this mm-hmm. series. Like, I think that the writing for him is very good, but... The, no, he makes it his own. The so, like... f- The physicality of it, like, because it's... Mm-hmm. It, the, the, the real... The fact that the hurdle that he cast clear is that Wilson Fisk is a like man in his 50s who's bald and very fat and wears white. So he's just a really big baby like is what he looks like. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Vince that <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio plays the f- with his physicality in such a way that like the fact that he simultaneously is like the conniving businessman who can use money to do anything but also at all times he you are wondering if he's going to smash the head of the person he's talking to. Like mm-hmm. he just feels like a loose cannon in in the way where it's like it's like the old axiom about how to act drunk is like when you're drunk people. Drunk people act the hardest to act sober. Whereas like Wilson mm-hmm. Fisk, the thing that Vincent D'Onofrio does so well is that like, how do you act like a loose, violent cannon? It's he at all times. You could hear him trying his hardest to be composed. Like his he has <laughs> that energy underneath, and it's just I don't know. I, I loved it. He, he deserves an Emmy. He won't get it because he's in a superhero show, but he deserves one.
4: Yeah, it's a fair point. Of uh, uh, Jerome, who's your favorite non-superhero character?
3: I just feel like all around, it's going to be a lot of talk about Kingpin, so I just really want to shout out uh, Meg Grace, uh, the mother uh, in this, just because mm-hmm. I I really liked her dynamic with him throughout the first bit. Just because he makes such an effort in the first few episodes of disconnecting from everyone, mm-hmm. so like she really only be- she becomes his only connection throughout. And the dynamic that they have, the chemistry that they have throughout, and only to find out later that she's actually his mother, like makes it like all the more powerful. Then and yeah, I just like really enjoyed. Uh, her banter with and like she just was a great foil can i yeah, get the take
2: off that i uh said in the chat the vile take that i had to get off because it is about her character yeah, um, do it. Okay, okay so this is i mentioned in a group chat that i had a take that i don't feel good about but I, I i go for it before it was revealed that she was his mother i had written in my notes is it just me or does sister maggie and daredevil have great chemistry
3: Right, right, but right, chemistry <laughs> that way. No, but no. I'll be honest.
2: I did not. I, it, I did not read it as mother son chemistry. I was like, like seriously, like there's an age difference, but they might fuck. Like I, that's And I don't I'll feel be, good I'll about that. Some
0: places, some people are into those type of things.
2: I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Like, like I'm, I'm not saying it's like, and now, like looking back on it, it probably was just like the familial chemistry. But I was like, jeez, this is. You got a point. Well, cause I just, I guess what it is, is cause I wasn't looking for, like, mother-son chemistry, so I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, like, he she's, like, being real nice to him, and, like, he's, like, this kind of feels, they're talking to each other like people who hate each other being a rom-com, I'm gonna keep my eye on this, and then I learned that she was his mother, and I felt, I'm no, I didn't feel bad about it, I was like, I can't wait to tell the pod people this, yeah. because <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> but yeah. You, I mean,
0: you, you, you were kind of on, you know, on, you know, on par with, with what it ended up being, because, like, their relationship was one where she looked at him like she was, she was critical of him, but she was she was upset, but not upset like she was disgusted. It was, like, upset out of, like, love. Like not By the mad, way, uh, like no, like, it was different. It was, like, it was coming yeah. from a place of love. So, like you said, that could be interpreted either way when you don't yeah. know the relationship there. It's like, wait a minute, there's something there because she clearly cares about him, but in what way? By the way, so shout like, yeah, out he, to right. uh,
2: my good friend from college who actually, I actually haven't spoken to in a few years, but uh, Isabel Pisacani who played young Sister Maggie in the flashback scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked with her a few times. She's very nice, and uh, I was really excited. I did not know she was in it, and I'm like, "Fuck, that looks a lot like a friend of mine from college." Very, and then very, I, beautiful. And then, very beautiful. And then I and then and then I remembered uh, I went to an art school with a lot of actors, so like it probably is my friend from college. <laughs> but yeah, there's
3: also like, I mean, like because the reason why Matt exists is because she falls for Jack Murdoch, right? Exactly. And that's really her like, only connection outside of her, uh, like outside of being a nun. So I think. There is probably maybe some weird edibles going on. Don't
2: don't justify my take. I don't I, I just, you know, I I I, no, I, no, no, like, I think I, that I think that Mari is right in that if you don't know how to interpret love, like if you see love mm-hmm. and you don't know and you are not privy to what it is. My right. like in my mind, the because I wasn't expecting that, the way that my mind read that was romantic because that's just the way that my TV mm. and movie watching mind reads stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I
3: definitely that. didn't read it like that. In in my viewing, um, but yeah, I also but you also probably have uh, a Brain. which also made it like pretty amazing when it did happen.
2: Oh, then that see that reveal scene was great. But anyway, yeah. uh, we derailed. Uh, we got to go to the other favorite superhero
4: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we said well, we still got Mariano. Yeah, Mariano, exactly. Who is your favorite uh, non Daredevil character? Man, my favorite non Daredevil character is
0: probably one of, i mean easily one of the most problematic but bullseye like he (laughs) because a lot of what he represented was just like uh like he had a he had a goal and a plan and no matter what like you you would you were not gonna stand in the way of that shit like and there's something admirable about that you know whether Mm -hmm. or not what he was doing was right or wrong whatever but it's something about him having like this fuel to be like nah this shit is getting done like you know i mean he loved who he loved and everybody else was in a way like he'll kill you with a pencil like it like whatever it was like he just uh it was just so ill to me to see these scenes where he'll just pick up some random ass object and make that shit like a by the way like it uh, was it was crazy uh,
2: the joker john wick bullseye people who have killed people with pencils in movies and tv
0: Yo, yes, I'm telling right. you, man. Like, it's, yo, yo, listen, man. He was, he really was incredible. But I mean, he, you know, again, he did have his, his flaws, and one of them was like he was really, he really held on to that, you know, uh, whatever played him as a, as, as, a child, where it was like, um, you know, he was real eager to impress, and you know, that was evident when he uh, felt like he let Wilson Fitz down when Fitz told him, you know, or mm-hmm. you know, it's evident I put too much on your shoulders. Like it's fine, mm-hmm. you know, you good. Right. So he went and got the painting back, not knowing. That Wilson had already you know worked out you know a deal with the lady and stuff like that but he was just so eager to impress that it didn't matter you know what I'm saying like there's there's like a blood stain still on it like it's sloppy because he was so eager to just get back in his good graces you know what I'm saying but but the fact that he did it was just like yo this dude is like next level and I can't lie like every single time he was on the screen whether or not I was rooting for Matt I enjoyed him like I, I really just
3: enjoyed him when like every single time yo,
2: like, yeah and you know. that you go
3: that no, no, uh, that whole painting mini story that happens like just from like wilson Fisk's scene down to like the end result where it's bullseye who gets it is such a <laughs> like cool moment in the series yeah. like in the series just because like for one fisk shows like a rare case of like restraint because like i just fully expected even in that moment where mm-hmm. he decides like he's not going to do it that mm-hmm. like he would just turn a blind eye while someone does it for him like yeah does it dirty work right doesn't happen Mm -hmm. and then like turns into this whole thing to show like how unhinged bullseye really is yeah and yeah i just love that moment and also like it adds to the complexity of wilson yeah too
2: that i um i also love the way from just from a directing standpoint the way that the origin story of bullseye like his growing up was staged that it was staged in the apartment was was like like that's i don't know that's one of those things where uh that was like a risk. Like, that's something that is not the conventional way of doing something. But it just mm-hmm. felt... Um, the the moments, it felt more intense and, like, more personal. Because, like, it yeah. was just two characters. You didn't see, like... There were no big wide shots of, like, the baseball up close. Like, no, it's like... Mm-hmm. These, it's almost like a... Basically, it's like Wilson Fisk who's watching a play. And because that's what you're watching. Because you're really not actually watching... I mean, you are. You're, you're interpreting it. But, like, the point of those scenes is to see Wilson see those. Because will you watch Wilson's mind... Figure yeah. out what he's going to do to him. And I, I just love having him there. I think was a beautiful idea,
3: and even just have like because you do do it that way and it's not just a straight flashback, like you get to see Wilson react to it, yeah. in the kind of way that you can see him, like the gears turning, like you said, like that he's planning his manipulation. But you like just the way D'Onofrio like acts it out where it appears like he has this, like, I think, in his mind, the sense of empathy, like he can play, yeah, but like, but like, in a very twisted, warped way because. Like, cause he what, killed he yeah. killed Herc.
2: I exactly. mean his dad. Sorry, his dad or not Herc? Right. Because that like, guy. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but Herc from The Wire played uh, his dad. <laughs>
4: Shouts to Herc from The Wire. Um, AC, I got. Yeah, I have to say that you know you gotta have to you have to give credit to Vince D'Onofrio for elevating everyone in the show. Mm-hmm. I think. To just briefly say that, I, I, I wanna I wanna give him credit because I think in any other instance you you would just automatically be like it's him. So mm-hmm. I wanna go and say Wilson Bethel as Ben Poindexter to to Mariano's point. Um it's a it's a character that you have to give a lot of credit to the writers of the show and every and, and everybody who took part in creating it, because to take this particular villain and give him such a lengthy backstory and a multi-layered backstory and Mm -hmm. then for him to take it and make it his own in a way that's just fantastic to see play out on screen from his dealings with julie how Mm -hmm. that whole situation plays out from the beginning and the way that fisk just manipulates him and twists him and the way that he plays off that with his body language his emotions all of those things and you see that he's legitimately crazy but then of course all the little, little details in his apartment and how everything is you know he's he's anal about stuff so you know everything has to be this way and everything has to be that way so all of that stuff was really fascinating and then of course just just the just a menacing way that he he'll say something to like when he says to Karen, It's nice to see you again. Just the way that he says just the way that he says that is crazy. So I have to give uh I have to give Wilson Bethel a lot of credit. It was cool to see him at Comic-Con because I did see the Daredevil panel at Comic-Con, so I got a brief look at some of the at some of the scenes beforehand. What was Yeah, and, what was
3: the scene that they showed there just because like now everyone's seen the series. Like what were they teasing at Comic-Con? Because you were telling us about it and you're like I can't wait to see it um based on what you saw there, but what did they show?
4: they showed well they showed a couple of scenes they showed the they showed obviously matt talking to maggie for the first time that was one thing but Mm -hmm. the thing that drove me insane was them showing the first um encounter between matt and uh poindexter at the uh what's that the newspaper that karen works at right
3: i was like i figured it was that scene it had to be that scene that you saw just because like when i watched it and that was the thought i had in mind i'm like yeah no if i saw this like a comic-con i'd lose my shit for like wanting to see the whole series yeah
4: i yeah i went i went nuts when i saw that so like it legitimately <laughs> made me excited and then when they said that they were gonna they were gonna top the hallway scene from season one i was like <laughs> oh my god i can't i can't wait to to talk about i remember that you and told us
2: that. that and my thought was okay oh uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, i'll, I'll yeah, see yeah. do it in yeah. the playoffs <laughs>
4: yeah yeah. yeah so 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 nonetheless now that we're talking about scenes perfect segue what is all of our favorite scenes uh we'll we'll start with you first jerome what was your favorite scene of of season three
3: so i'm gonna leave it to you guys to talk about the hallway scene or like the updated like best hallway scene because i know one of you guys are definitely gonna do it i'm gonna pick the office scene i just really loved mm-hmm. That's um it's great on point like how he uses all those like different things like bouncing them off walls and everything and just how he fucks him up for a bit is just so <laughs> impressive. Dog, because, he bounced the shit off the wall and embarrassed right? him, dog. Right? right? could watch that over and <laughs> over. Right? An right? This, is, this is like the N1 mixtape of murder right here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, like hot just sauce, Just on like tricks, ass, right? Like. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. So, like, just watching that and visually, like, how interesting all that is, Um, the whole dynamic of, like, Him being dressed as, like, Daredevil to frame him in that, too. And, yeah, it's just such an exciting action piece. And more importantly, seeing Matt defeated. Like, Mm -hmm. that, I think, like you were saying
4: earlier, Jake, with the hand and, you know, the Punisher being kind of more of an ally than a villain... You want to see your. You want to see the villain like have a shot here
1: to do, you know,
3: to do something. One, and one thing is- I do appreciate about that. Oh, sorry. Finish off. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. One so- thing I do appreciate about that though is that yeah, like he gets messed up there, but like at least it's built on this that like Matt as Daredevil has been doing this for a long time. Like everyone else in this is kind of new to it. So like I'm happy that like. He goes through that fight, but he comes out of it knowing right away, like, close combat's the key. So, like, the next time they're mm-hmm. at it, like, he, like, he's ready. That's and something I
2: thought about so much, too, and I thought about it in Luke Cage, and I'm glad you brought it up. I'll, I'll let you finish, but... <laughs> no,
3: no, no, that, that's that just, like... Yeah,
2: it, go ahead. It's just the way that, and I hate... Superhero movies do this a lot, and I hate it, that, like, a lot... Uh, the, having the hero lose to the villain, like, halfway through is a pretty common thing, and it's, like, a good storytelling yep. technique. The problem I hate, though, is, like, when... When the way that the next time happens is when whenever like the hit the hero ended up ending up beating the villain is framed as something as simple as just like the hero trying harder it feels really unsatisfying yeah. whereas or like this a like gimmick you, or yeah. there's a
3: montage in between there's always yeah. something that he needs to overcome and this one was like such a direct practical like this guy works in long uh like with uh projectile mm-hmm. items Close combat's going to beat him, and he just knows.
2: Because you can, because I like how you can see how it happens. It does. It isn't yes. just the next time I'm going to beat him. I'm like no, you can see what he yep. does differently on how he beats him. And I thought that that was something that was really nice to watch and felt satisfying.
3: So or you I just have, lift so... him up and crack him in half. That's the other option.
4: <laughs> so I have an analogy for this. Like most of the time, like like you were saying, Jake, where you see the superhero lose once and then come back and defeat the villain very easily. It's almost mm-hmm. like uh, what the Warriors did to Tony Allen in 2015. Exactly. It, Mm. So, so that from that standpoint, you usually see that. But here, not only in episode six, you see Darede- Daredevil defeated there. Episode ten, at the end of Karen, he gets mm-hmm. the, he gets beat up pretty badly there mm-hmm. too. So right. at least you know there's you know there's that give and take and that necessary struggle. That it's you wild get he there. gets
2: beat up so much when he I don't think he has insurance.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One thing I am excited about, just especially because like we're talking on the end of like Daredevil kind of figuring it out. Is like what is Bullseye's next level from here? Because we know he's coming back. Boy, and and that's J, man. I'm
0: gonna tell right? you when I the scene. The, I'm gonna tell you that scene where like Fist broke him. I told mm-hmm. my wife right when it happened. I said, "Oh, he's about to break him," and I knew it because of the way that that he picked him up.
1: Mm-hmm. The way he yeah. picked
0: him up. I said, "All you can do from here." Is breaking like he's gonna, he's going mm-hmm. to break him right now. And like, and then when he did it, I was like, Oh my god, like also, did he did I it like
2: he's done story? that before, he's broken yeah, like before. He's a,
0: and, and, and Fisk is a is a big guy who, and he's smart, so he's like, Okay, what's the most effective way I can put him down without expending you know too much energy because I still have like Daredevil over there,
3: so it's like, Oh, okay, cool, there's a wall, all right, cool. All <laughs> yeah. well, the other thing about. Um, that too, Mari, and I- I'm happy you bring that up. Uh, it's like going back to an earlier point that Jake was talking about. Wilson Fisk is just out of these three characters. Like Fisk, technically has nothing like supernatural mm-hmm. about him. Like his right. s- his supernatural ability when it comes to overcoming these guys is like his sheer force of will. Yeah. Like the idea that it- it's it's kind of like when you think about those stories where someone is overcome with adrenaline, so like they might save someone by lifting a car. Like mm-hmm. he somehow just like knows how to harness it. Like yeah. because it's always like built in. Like. Maybe it's the Hulk, like, I'm always, like, secretly I'm always angry, right? But, like, once he decides to unleash it, he just goes all out. But in a way that, like, is really more about him and his character than it is about any kind of particular supernatural. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I I wish Fisk was in Infinity War instead of fucking Hulk
0: now. Like, (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) fucking had a better shot then. (laughs)
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, man,
4: Mariano, what's your your favorite uh, scene in season three?
0: Man, I think I think easily my favorite scene uh, is when Vanessa was telling Fisk to like open up his life and share his life with her because that I think up to that point, up to mm-hmm. that point, we had all assumed, you yes. know, when you come from a certain type of life, you the one thing you don't want is for like you 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 know your wife um, or the woman you love or whatever, or your kids, your family to know what you do, to be involved in what you do, or be anywhere near it because. One, you don't want them in danger. Two, you don't want them to look at you any different than how they view you already. So, you know, when he told, uh, I think it was Dex. I, it was Dex. It was somebody. I, I can't remember. He, but he was uh, calling him over there to tell him something happened. He was like, yo, not in front of Vanessa. Like, it it was, was the British important. guy. Name, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And he told oh, him. He was yeah. like, Yo, He was like, yo, dog, I told you never in front of her. Like, because, yeah. you know, and she but she had kind of been alluding to that. But he didn't mm-hmm. really know what she was getting at because he was like, OK, like you something is wrong with you. Well, because she's not it? she's
2: she, not just the wife. Like, yeah. and that was never her, yeah. in the first yeah. season, she was, right. like, and I think that that was a thing that he had to overcome, is, like, obviously it's unclear whether or not she should be involved in his right. crime, because that's just, like, a bad legal strategy, but, like, she very clearly was, he was treating her like a crime boss in, like, an 80s movie. Well, I was gonna say, like, as, like and right, I- imagine this right.
3: was the end of Godfather, except Diane Keaton, like, opens, like, as the door yeah. closes, she just comes back and like, actually, let me know. What's exactly, because yeah, like, she's like,
2: I'm not this, Diane right. Keaton, <laughs> I- I'm, yeah. I'm in this shit.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, and that, so that part was ill to me because it was like when when she when she it, it was like she was teaching him how to like love because she was yep. telling him like, yo, dog, listen, like you, you think that what you're doing is a good thing. But I'm telling you, if you want me to if you fully want me and you want this. You have to open up your world and let me live in it with you like fuck the ugly the bad whatever like I mm-hmm. have to be in this with you because there's no and that right there like I th- I thought it was a lot of metaphors this season like you know through the whole thing but I thought that right there was one of the most important ones because it's like if yeah. if you do love someone no matter what they're involved in or whatever like if you if you signed up for them and all they come with you have to let them know that because mm-hmm. otherwise they'll keep you shielded and you you'll think that they don't really mess with you like that but it's like nah mm-hmm. and, you know she set them down mm-hmm. and it was like nah Show me everything. I need to see it. Like, and I was just like, damn,
3: that was a that was a powerful scene to me. It's almost oh, like a, uh yeah. like Wilson Fisk like was trying to be in his own mind like the hero of this, like protect yeah, her and yeah, be all this. 100%. But by her embracing him, he gets to become the full villain now. One hundred percent. And it's cool. he started
0: calling sides and he was sitting back just like, oh my god, like what is like oh shit. She, yeah. she like, dude. Don't you think we should do this? And he like, yeah, you right. Yeah,
4: yeah she was the yeah. last Infinity Stone. That's what it was. <laughs> Straight up, <fresh laughs> for real. <laughs> Jake, what's your favorite scene? I'm really
2: glad that I uh, am able to pick the uh, jail fight scene because mm-hmm. uh, it is uh, unreal. It's like mm-hmm. it's the 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 hallway fight scene in the first season was awesome, and it's it's not even the same, it's, and it's not even the same ballpark as the jail fight scene. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I and, and, and just having a vague idea of how these fight scenes are done, the way, the clever ways where they, because, like, I don't know if you guys know this, I think you guys probably do, that what, what they do with these scenes is, obviously, uh, Charlie Cox is trained in, like, martial arts and stuff, but he's not yeah. doing the stunts, because that will be reckless, because, like, if he dies, then yes. uh, the show's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the way that they what they do is they'll hide him behind stuff, and like basically, like when he gets like knocked out behind the do- the chair in the doctor's office, like right. Charlie Cox is, I mean the, the stunt double is hiding behind there too, and then they switch each the other out, and like the way that that's choreographed where it's so seamless where like you don't realize when it's happening, and I don't yeah. know, and obviously yes, like the the great the, the great thing about Daredevil, um, and and he, a lot of superheroes is that their fight scenes can look a lot more smooth because unlike other superheroes, you don't need to worry about showing the stunt devil's face. So, mm-hmm. and so, like, you just see, I don't know. I, that whole jail scene was just, like, it was oh it, great. Like, it, 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 it felt, <laughs> it definitely was one of those things where it's like, oh, so this is what happens if you give television the same budget as, like, a movie scene. Because movies, like, <laughs> I've seen fight scenes in movies like this, but TV, like, that's a whole new thing.
3: yeah. yeah. I just like the fighting style in it too mm-hmm. because yeah. so much it's not like Daredevil is just going around doing cool like kicks and flips. Exactly. Now. Like he is exhausted and he is beating his way through it and he's like stumbling along the way. Yeah. And it's just all of it but like he's overcoming again. But like it's kinda of similarly, like that's where him and Fisk are like aligned. Like is mm-hmm. like No,
2: I have a question though. Like my- I have a question ahead, for Anthony. Right. That when did uh, Born Again come out?
4: Born again? Mm-hmm. Man, that was like this, I think it was the seventies or eighties. Okay,
2: because I was gonna, because I know that the scene of him getting uh, sent into a cabin of the water six. was, okay. I know that that was in Born Again, and I was wondering whether or not it was stolen from the nineteen ninety seven film The Game, but I guess it wasn't. I guess The Game stole it from Daredevil. I was just curious because the exact same thing <laughs> well, no, happens um, to uh, Michael. Again, Keaton. Uh, 1996, I m- day, uh, so. I said nineteen ninety seven. Uh, Michael. Oh Lewis, right, right, yes, right. Uh, he gets sent no, into dude, the water. Dude, I, I don't know
0: if it's just me, but there were so many scenes and moments where I thought that Matt was going to cross that line and finally mm-hmm. kill someone like there was so many moments where I was like oh this is it i thought and he did that happened, british guy like, okay
2: also, another scene just that I want to mention, just because obviously I pick the jail scene just because it is like the best scene in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the scene I liked a lot and really yeah. it felt all very season one, just how defeated it made you feel, is the scene where Nadim is talking, is telling his boss about Poindexter, and then she shoots the guy. Oh um, yeah,
1: Yo, that reminded but, me a lot man, of
2: that reminded me you know, a lot Jake, of the. I'm gonna
0: tell you, I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now. My wife and I had the same exact reaction when we watched it. We both thought Bullseye did it because the camera yeah. pan <laughs> right, right, it was right, only yeah. on him and right. it didn't show her at first. I was like, yo. And, but bro, I think that the, the fuck fact fuck the that she did it was I
2: even know. worse. Like that's <laughs> And like, I looked
0: up and saw her. <laughs> Man. It, it
2: reminded me a lot of the scene in season one, which is probably my favorite scene in season one, where the, uh, cr- there's a criminal in the interrogation room who's like, okay, his name is Wilson Fisk. And then the two cops look at each other and the one goes, all right, it's your turn. And it's like, oh, come on. And then he punches <laughs> him in the face and then shoots the guy because <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Like someone blowing the whistle doesn't matter. Like everything, everyone's involved. And I thought that that was mm-hmm. just great.
4: Man, that's yeah. man. That's a good, like, runner-up. I mean, you're right. There is just so many different scenes. I also picked the jail fight scene because it's just a labyrinth of art, if you really think about it, for, like, ten mm-hmm. minutes. Because I remember when it started, and right when Fisk calls Matt and lets him know that I'm coming after you, and then he hangs up the phone, I'm sitting with my wife, and I tell her, oh, I think this is it. I think it's going <laughs> to happen, right? I think this is going to happen right now. So. And she's like, no. And then I'm like, wait a minute, just wait, let it, let it, let it play out. So he opens the door, and then just what ensues after that is just the damnedest technical fight that I've seen like, in a TV show. It's just so ridiculous how good it is. And then I think, you know, you have that stop off point where you know he's talking to the Albanian dude, and then it continues as he's escaping and it's just and it felt high stakes which i think sometimes with the the netflix shows that they haven't they haven't done enough they've tried to make it feel like some of these mm-hmm. scenes are high stakes but this is like one of the few times where it really felt like high i also for think Matt it's cuz daredevil is, is the
2: most there. he's the most vulnerable of all of them because he, he really de- like doesn't have any Real quote-unquote superpowers. Like, he's not super strong. He doesn't have yeah. a fist that glows and can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, be making bad yeah. acting. I mean, punch walls. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate I appreciate that like maybe the most because he was really getting his ass whooped. Like mm-hmm. he, he got his ass whooped to the point in this season where it was like, I was like, oh no, nah, Matt, they could have killed you right there, bro. Like you were lucky <laughs> yeah. they spared you. Like because they had him like dead to rights plenty of times. Like the dude in the street. He was just beating him, staring at him, and then he was just like, "Man, leave him!" And I'm like, "Boy, you lucky, because if he would have told him to get you, <laughs> yo, your ass was got. Like that
3: was it, yeah, right there." Word, word, word I, for sure. I but, just want to do a mini shout out just because we mentioned all the big sets, but like the final fight between the three of them. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yes, um, best triple threat match of uh, uh, in WWE history, <laughs> <laughs> <There> is, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I think not only just because it's a really good scene, but because like. You always, especially in comics, like, you always have the issue of too many villains and too much going on, but it's so perfectly balanced in this one. (laughs) And just how well it's choreographed and, like, how it bounces back and forth. And definitely, like, at the end, too, because Matt does not defeat him physically in the end. Like, he defeats him in a real, like, way that is, like, significant that, at least for now until we get to the next part, like, really does solve the problem more so than, like, if he just beat him to death.
4: Right. He gives and, him no recourse, which right. which is what Fisk had Fisk had basically owned Matt throughout the season and has exactly. been questioning himself overall and then you finally find that one weakness that Fisk has and yeah. it's Vanessa.
3: Yeah. yeah. and I just wanted to point out just because like I would say in general like Marvel like MCU-wise um it was like definitely an early complaint for me. They they always had really good like first two thirds and never quite nailed the ending. But mm-hmm. this one, I felt they nailed the ending, and like it's just like a testament to how good this whole uh, season has been.
4: Well, if I could say something about that, I think th- one of the g- the great things about what this season was is you you know sometimes you get the season where oh, oh there's this huge cliffhanger and we have to wait what happens next mm-hmm. season. <laughs> right, right, right. This was this was a complete story and it give you a bridge to a possible and future storyline mm-hmm. for season four as opposed to the whole we have to wait what happens next year which we i think need is to
3: close it. you don't know if they're gonna get
4: canceled <laughs> me, seeing,
0: me seeing bullseye sitting up there on that table getting operated on and seeing his eye at the end i was like bro listen if if i don't see another season of this like i'm gonna be upset like that I, i'm the waiting the same on. exact i thought. would pay for yeah. that yes like you know what i'm saying like just to see that because like you said it it was a complete story because everything got an ending like it it got it got an ending up to that point you know what i'm saying like obviously the story can continue on it can go in many different ways but everything got an ending right then and there it was just like okay and it wasn't corny or cheesy or like rushed it was like nah the the, the bad guy got caught when it was time for him to really get caught because the first time he got caught it was like all right yeah he's in there and nobody really knows he put together this elaborate scheme to get out by getting you know stabbed he set it all up and he corrupted the feds and Mm -hmm. it was an ill twist um you know and 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 then again i want to see more of like the backstory because like my favorite uh you know one of my favorite things about this season was uh you know karen like getting that history on her because if you remember there's a scene where she was talking to her dad like in the present day And he was just kind of so cold to her, like, you know, and like, so I was sitting there wondering, I was like, damn, like, why is her pops like that? I'm like, she's clearly like crying and you know what I'm saying? Like, why is he, you know, whatever. So when they, when they went back and did like the dive into her history and, you know, how things went, you know, uh, with them and how it got to that point, I was like, okay, well, a lot of what she does right now makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the reason why she surrounds herself with the people she does makes even more sense um you know and it kind of gave me clarity on their relationship so it's like moving forward they do have a lot of material to go off of so i'm i'm looking forward
4: to it i i I would hope that they are coming back one thing i have to say about you guys in this podcast is you guys have been excellent at, gi- at giving segues into the next uh, category. Yeah, so the right. next category here is favorite episode. So I'll go first with this because Mari just gave a little bit of an introduction to the Karen episode, which was a- episode 10. There's a lot of moving parts and uh, the majority of it is about Karen's uh, Karen's life beforehand. So we see the drug use, we see the issues with, you know, her obviously her dead mom and her father and her brother and what happens to her brother? And I think it's important to get those uh, details because it kind of gives you it gives you a light and almost like a backstory and context to how she was in season one. And uh, where also
2: specifically yeah. with that episode, I just want to say because so many TV shows have episodes like that, and so many times they are the worst episodes of the show. Like, yeah, they're so Some easy Marvel to fuck ones up. Done them the first yeah. one that come to mind is. Uh, it's not a flashback episode, but anyone who's a fan of the West Wing will know that the episode where CJ goes back home to help her dad with Alzheimer's for a full hour is like, oh, nice, it's an interesting... but It's not good. Or like that... Uh, what's it called? The um, Stranger Things episode where she, like, walks, runs oh, away. Well, else. Terrible. Yes. Like yeah, the So, like, bad. the fact that this one pulled off... This is the best I've ever seen it done. Because, like, I guess it's just... It doesn't feel gimmicky. Like, it doesn't feel yes. like, ooh, we're doing something different. Like, no, it's like... I don't know. I, I like the episode a lot. It's not my favorite of the season, but I liked it.
3: spend the whole episode yeah. focused on it. I think that's, like, a key part to it. Like, that is just, like, elements. Because, like, so often it's, like, it takes you away entirely from the plot. Um, and then, like, takes, like, a whole episode before you can come back and revisit and ke- reconnect.
4: Yeah, I think what the best thing that it did was it gave you... All right, we took this block of time to explain... Uh, Karen's backstory and give you kind of like the details in the context of to uh, why she was how she was and how she is how she is now and mm-hmm. then then it cuts back into the story and then the last twenty minutes are a straight up thrill ride because you get all the stuff oh, with, yeah. you get all the stuff at the church and you get the priest dying and you get Matt and mm-hmm. and uh, Bullseye having a uh, having a duel to the death and Matt being beaten within an inch of his life that like just the way that that was set up and. I think that from beginning to end, I think I think it was perfect. You can make an argument for uh plenty of other episodes on this, but I think just the way it was just very efficient. And I and I think that's why I chose it for mine. Uh Jerome, what was your
3: favorite episode of season three? Uh The Devil You Know. I absolutely For know, obvious reasons. <laughs> for obvious reasons, yeah. So I mean like I already mentioned my favorite scene comes out of there, so there's that part. Uh and just how it like everything at least building for the first couple episodes comes to a climax over there. Um, also, to that point, like at least in terms of like physical battle, like I know he's had like he's gone through a lot, but like in terms of, like a true physical adversary, like he finally faces it in Dex, like in that moment, and especially like I got. St- Super excited once, uh, like it starts. That I mean, I'm mean, i going back to talking about that scene. But when he's yeah. throwing his baton and then he catches it, and I'm just like, "Oh, oh my shit. god!" <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> so, um, but outside of that, like everything and how it builds up through that, uh, Dex going over the edge, uh, them making their first attempt, like to try to like take down Fisk, only to be completely thwarted and taken out. Uh, it it's a great moment for Matt's character because he does make an attempt to do it what is like the supposed like right way like with his crew and only to like have that fall apart entirely um so yeah it's just a great episode for me
4: yeah it's hard it's hard to argue with that one uh jake what was your favorite episode this season?
2: uh probably revelations the one right after he learns that uh maggie is his mother just because i <laughs> feel like um i don't know it just had a lot of Good interpersonal stuff, and it definitely it was definitely also a turning point in the season for Matt. Where like, if I one of my few criticisms of the show of the season was that like a mopey I'm not going to talk to anyone. Matt was like wore wore me down a little bit. Yeah, but then yeah. revelations is where he starts <laughs> to like realize that he can't go it alone. Um, and there's some really great bits with him. The scene with him and the, the priest in the bar uh is great because it's just you. It's it, the, the thing that the episode did really well is that um it's essential for the audience to both understand obviously why matt's so hurt by what uh sister maggie and father i don't remember his name did but you have to it also lets you like understand what that they were doing what they thought was right at the time and even though it obviously didn't turn out to be that way like it, that mm-hmm. does matter and i think that that is it was really done well and it it, it was satisfying
4: you could make the argument that uh, some of the scenes in that episode were really sweet shots and nits. <laughs> 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 Mariano, what's your
0: favorite episode of season 3? Oh, the Karen episode for sure. Um yeah. because of the reasons that I listed, uh you know, you 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 grow to appreciate certain characters and love them for certain reasons and you know, you're intrigued by them and stuff like that. And the one thing I always wondered about Karen was like Mm -hmm. where did she come from? You know what I'm saying? And not, not necessarily like the hometown. Like I want to know what the family, like I, like I really wanted to see that, you know what I'm saying? Like all this time through these seasons, um, because you know, again, them showing her past shows me why she, you know, keeps that tight knit bond with foggy and Matt, because it's like, she, that security that's there. You know what I'm saying? I think she wanted that with her dad and her brother. And it's kind of like, you know, her and her brother, they were, they were pretty close. Like, I mean, I would say they're close. Like, you know, her, her brother fucking burnt down the dude's whole shit because he was... You know what I'm saying? Like, just because, yeah. like, nah, you're trying to take her away from me. I already lost mom. This, that, and the third. Um, you know, so you can see the hurt uh, in her, you know, when, it, you know, uh, the car flipped over and, you know, the accident and everything, man. Like, it just... Right. It, w- it was sad to see it, but then it kind of gave you a little insight of why she always... You know like she has this look about her where it's like she's
4: she's broken she may,
0: yeah like it's something missing there like no matter what yeah. success they get she she's only able to live in the moment of that success like when they're celebrating something she's only able to live right there and then right after that she goes right back to just like okay this is my life and so now when you go back and see everything that happened and um what she had to overcome you know what i mean like she didn't have to be this she could have chose to stay there and, you know, let everything defeat her and, you know, whatever. Like, even though, her you know, her pops told her, like, yo, I need you to leave. She could have stayed around that town and just became, you know, nothing. Like, it happens all the time. But the fact yeah. that she left and, you know, turned her life completely around, um you know, I think I thought it was it's real admirable. And it gave me a new appreciation for her, you know, one that I already enjoyed her as a character, you know, I, and I liked her a lot. But now it was just like, oh, shit. Like, she, she comes with a lot of of like pain you know what i'm saying so for her to put that into something yeah. good and to like really believe in this shit, like i just i just loved it man I, and, and you know like jake said like a lot of shows don't do that well you know a lot of them just give you mm-hmm, some mm. cookie cutter story about you know whatever like they you know they don't really do a deep dive or um give you anything interesting you know anything tangible but i thought they did a great job of you also know, giving some background they
2: really put you in the past because i don't think anything in the world uh, says two thousand two more than when they play uh, on the radio. Uh, <laughs> Headstrong by Trapped yeah. oh is God. that song is the <laughs> oh like that is two thousand two in a <laughs> nutshell.
0: They was playing uh, what's the name too? Uh, what was it? Um... Was it the P D Pablo joint they had on there? Yes, yeah, right, Crinkly. right, yes, yeah, Crinkly. yeah, Crinkly, yeah. So she yeah. got the
3: party, and I'm just like, "Damn, dog!" Like, I, I honestly thought I was watching like a WB show at that moment. Just yeah, like, like <laughs> deep <laughs> in a college party. I'm gonna tell you what's crazy is because when the episode
0: started, mm. I heard the song and I kind of didn't pay attention. And my wife was like, "What the fuck?" She was like, "Wait a minute, is that like Karen?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Wait, what's going on?" She was like, "That's a random ass song." And when they showed like it was the power, I was like, "Ah, okay, yeah." Like it makes... Make a little bit more sense now why they was listening to Pete Pablo because uh, mm-hmm. I mean that's
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah I think th- there's a lot of good points to be made about the flashback of Karen because I think this show in season one you know did that but they did a lot of and all of the, the the shows do that a lot Jessica Jones Luke Cage they all did the jump cuts from in and out and in and out and in and out so it kind of is hard to really pay to you know keep your mind focused on what's actually going on in the story so the fact that they able they were able to do an episode where they just stayed in the past and then they okay you go right to the present i think was really important so overall that's just really cool so we have a couple of more categories left uh we'll go to favorite line favorite line mariano what was your favorite line of season three
0: damn man favorite line that's tough that's tough It, it it I, I can't think of one right off hand, but I'm pretty sure it's something that Wilson Fish said because, like, he's the <laughs> he's the king of... So, I you know what? I'll I do that. My favorite person saying anything because I can't think of just one
3: line is I Wilson I do like Fitch. when he talks about the notion of, like, what he defines as love. Like, that's yeah. a really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, he's
0: just... I mean, it's just the... He speaks with conviction, and you know he thought about what he said a long time before he actually said it. So by the time you hear it, it's the most polished, you know, product. Like, is he was just a, like, a, like a fucking genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's one of those dudes that people say like, man, using the this, this smarts for the wrong thing. But it's like, yo, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, he, he damn near ran the world. So, I mean, I, I can't pick one line, but it's, <laughs> but if I did, it, it'd be from him. So, I'm going to just take Wilson Fisk as a whole for my favorite person just speaking in the, in the whole season.
4: <laughs> got, got you, brother. Uh, Jake, what was your favorite line of Um,
2: Um When uh, in The Devil You Know, when Matt breaks into Karen's house and then he says, hey, Karen, and then she just says you, dismissively, you need to pay me back for your rent. <laughs> just because, not just because <laughs> that's funny, but also because, like, I, th- I I think it's really important that she reacts that way and doesn't react like, oh, my God, you're back. It's like, no, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Cause, yeah because <laughs> what he did is terrible and i think a lot of shows would like make people look past that because oh my god he's still alive it's like no like you made our lives suck like yeah y- you don't deserve me to run into your arms and i thought that was a really nice moment
4: hey that's that that's a good one that's a very good underrated one that i didn't think of uh jerome what's your favorite line of season three
3: it's <laughs> so funny i was like i credit the show um when i was watching through it this time i wasn't really thinking about it the way i've thought about other mcu like in pre- preparing for this pod where i was like trying to make mental notes because i was just kind of like so deep into it so i'm caught in a situation where i don't really have a line um and funny okay. enough like what i had in mind uh is very similar to Mari. like it is something wilson wilson fisk related <clears throat> but i enjoy every time he goes Veronica, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just because when he does it, it's just like he he will talk very normally for the most part, and it's kind of similar to like it's to Jake's point about how clearly he is doing everything in his power to be restrained. But once, or not even Veronica, Vanessa, sorry, I totally fucked that up. But yeah, like. When he says that, it's always like it sounds like he's about to throw up. Like it just yeah. sounds like yeah. everything's about to come up and come no, out for, in that moment. Sure. And like, and how she just entirely defines like what he is. Like, it, it like he is it, it's it's like the man who controls everything is completely controlled. On her and he by her.
0: hasn't talked to her yet. And he's like every time yes. he says her name, he's like, oh my god, like Vanessa. It's like, uh, it's Stan in <laughs> <and laughs> we'll South all Park that. throwing
3: up every time he sees <laughs> Wendy. That's like exactly it. And so yeah. something about that. And it's like a credit to Vincent D'Onofrio again. Like his. Like these weird quirks that he keeps on adding to the character to like yeah. make him like this uniquely interesting uh person to watch, so yeah. um nothing specific but when he did you, you know what time, i will
0: say this I'll say this about as far as like lines go like it's it's not a line per se, but when uh when bullseye went, I think he jumped in like the ambulance or something, he just like yelled like he just had to let oh that the shit primal scream. Yo, listen, when oh, he did that, yeah. I was like, yo, like this yes. was like he's really I knew he was was off, but when he did that, I said, Oh yeah,
3: he got some shit going on. Like well, he like, really I, got some shit. I'm happy you bring that up just because like they had that scene before where like that's how Fisk like for all the different ways he's like dealt with zone therapy, yeah. like, Fisk's I think was like just let it all out. Yeah. Right. And so he does it. And then I like I I treat it like a callback when daredevil and fisk finally face off like in front of each other like you find how they're connected because before they go at it they just yell out a primal scream at each other and then you go at it right right like and just to show like that these like creatures are all connected in that way like that they're all kind of holding back things where um daredevil clearly has drawn his line kingpin is always on the edge and like and bullseye is like completely unhinged and yeah he yeah, yeah. he's not even trying to hide it it's like nah, a regular nah, nah, day nah.
0: like at a coffee shop you just like nah this is
3: yeah I'm he he's, he's that friend you can't bring out that's <laughs> for sure yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah so so mine is very simple and some people could view it as very cheesy but in the devil you know um simply best put, episode when- <laughs> when 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 matt when matt tells when matt asks uh point who are you and then he and when Poindexter responds i'm daredevil listen it was the spider-man meme come to life it was just- <laughs> yo that
0: shit yo that shit was yeah. funny because that one of my favorite things was him just being an asshole wearing that suit because it was like mm-hmm. dog come on man why are you wearing this suit bro you know you like and it's just like the little smirk he would do when he had it on
4: like he knew what he was doing yo
0: yeah man so like
4: <laughs> it just and the, and the way that the way that uh point said it with so much confidence and it's just the, it's the confidence like yo i'm about to kick your ass and this is this is what's gonna happen no
3: that's fucking hilarious there's also like the, the element for me where um like i could be reading it wrong entirely but like we don't fisk knows who daredevil is I don't know that Poindexter necessarily knows exactly. So, like, this, I mean, you can come up to the conclusion of it. But he would just look at him like, I'm Daredevil. And, like, to tell it to the guy, (laughs) it's such a fucked up thing to do. Like, just be like, yeah, like, to your point, the Spider-Man meme. But um, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) That said, I'm Kevin Pelton. (laughs) (laughs) Also,
4: also, I have to give at least one shout out to... Eldon Henson's Focky Nelson. Again, the yeah. moral center. Really?
2: Of the he's show. my least favorite character on the show.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> he, uh, like, he's you know, not terrible.
2: He, this was his best season, but his best yeah. season is still, like, you know, 2% milk. Like, it's just fine. He just has
3: a wicked slap shot. Chugged somebody's ducks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love Foggy. He just kept kind of pissing me off a little bit when, like, he kept talking about trust the system and then matt was just like dog why you like you dead ass huh like you really think that all right cool like um, let me show you this let me let me show you this shit let me show you my way and then, and then like the way he kind of like smirked and laughed at him like hey, you still want to trust the system like you see what he doing to these motherfuckers like okay cool he's the sam hanky of this let's album. do it your way
4: <laughs> yeah yeah man so like i want to i want to just shout out uh foggy for this particular line again and the devil you know uh when yeah. he speaks to K- when he speaks to karen and and you know karen's questioning about helping matt period and he goes has matt been a shitty friend lately without a doubt but deep down i think it's hurting him as much as it's hurting us how do you figure because he could have gone to any reporter karen but he came to you maybe matt's finally coming to his senses but even if he isn't the way he's been treating us lately is on him us turning our backs would be on us people have bailed on matt his whole life and i'm not going to be one of them you do what you want but that's not the kind of friend i want to be and I think that's really great because Foggy has always been that throughout these three seasons. Like, he's always cared about Matt, even when he disagrees with all of the stuff that Matt does yeah, and, all, yeah. and mm-hmm, all of the stuff, mm-hmm. all of the reasons that, you know, Ka- Karen rightfully questions in terms of why should I why should I stick up for this dude? Foggy is like, you know, Foggy is a real, real friend. Like, you know, what you call it, dude who shall not be named had the song Real Friends. And mm. it's like, what you call it, this is a perfect... Perfect example of a real friend in Foggy. So I would say that's another. That was another great example of uh, th- that whole situation. So the last, uh, the last uh, two ca- two categories we could get into. I know we've shown so much love to the show. So are mm-hmm. there any quibbles, any types of issues that you might have with it, um, Jerome? Anything that you have an issue with?
3: Um, I don't know. Not without getting like really nitpicky about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say and. From talking with you guys on this, like, on this pod, it's definitely turned me around quite a bit in terms of, like, at least appreciating it more. But for the longest time, I was actually more annoyed by Ray nadim just because I oh, thought he okay. was just so incompetent at what he did. Like, he was yeah. just, to me, I like, mean, for he such really a long was. time. He was. And, yes. But, like, for such a long time, um, he kind of reminded me of, this is, like, remember Matthew Modine's character, uh, like, as... In Dark software? Knight Rises? yes yeah and that he was just consistently this guy who was like being like the face of the law who's against the vigilante and like against all this and like so sure about that he's right when you know he's like so off and uh for a long time just him being that foil was kind of annoying to me but i will say after listening to this like to frame it in a way of like just basically saying like that he is the perfect mark Mm -hmm. and that it is more of a credit in a lot of ways to, like, how perfectly played he was. Um, was, like, really, like, I appreciate it a lot more that way. And I got to say, like, he really came around, like, at the point where he saves his own family. Like, where he sends the video to his... Like, it makes the reveal that, like, what he explains to his wife to, on what to do and it actually is a good idea. Like, that, I appreciated that at that point. Um, outside of that, uh, kind of related to Foggy, I kind of wish I saw more of his fiance Marcy in it. I, I, I joked about <laughs> it, I think, when I was texting with you guys, like, while yeah. watching, but it just, like, she is a very intelligent person, and she does offer input at different points, but yeah. for some, for whatever reason, like, I, and I understand there's so much going on, and she's not at all, like, an important character. Um, I just personally would have like, appreciated to see her more, like, involved, just because I feel like she would have added value. With and she also she has had
2: a good arc. Because she started off kind of as, like, the sleazy corporate lawyer that they were against. Yes. yes. And then, she, but yes. she's, out, and it's not like, and when Foggy started dating her, I was afraid that the storyline would be like, oh, Foggy doesn't see how shitty of a person she is because uh, they're dating. And it's actually, like, no, she's actually not a shitty person. Like, right. no.
3: Um, she's not a shitty person, and Foggy is okay. Like, it, it just, <laughs> it, it was just, like, I don't know. It was, like, one of those things where, uh... <laughs> I wasn't, like... Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to see more from her. And also, like, I just remember at a point, because there's a point where Foggy almost dies and then he ends up, like, having a love scene with her. And I was like, let's just not use her for just that. Like, she Mm -hmm. has real value that she could provide here. So I think that Mm -hmm. those are my two little things there. That's
4: a fair point. Uh, Jake, how about you?
2: Um, I think that, if anything, I think that um, it started off a little obvious that Dexter was fucked up. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that... um, yeah, and I, and I feel, uh, like... I don't know, I think that there are also... This is this is too nitpicky, maybe, but, like, I feel like there's, uh... I don't know, it, it feels a little weird. It's like, how, did, how the hell did, uh, get into the FBI? Because obviously there are a bunch of people in the FBI who are, like, really shitty and terrible people. But, like, he is so obviously a shit... Like, he m- murdered someone as a child and, like, stalks a woman every day. Um... I think that, uh, yeah, I think in that way also, like, I think when it, when he his, was a
3: soldier too for a bit, though? Yeah,
2: his, well, yeah, I mean, but I don't so I think to, like maybe the, the, the threshold for being a soldier is lower than me in the FBI, I imagine, but, no, I guess, I guess the, the reason I didn't like it is because I think that, um, it kind of, I, I, I guess I would argue that you don't need someone who's that crazy in order to get there, like, it started, it, it, it was less of a transformation, because he already was, like, a murderous person, so, mm. uh, not that I want him to be as, like, good of a person as a team. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, maybe make him, like, a, uh, don't know. Uh, I was gonna say make him, like, a member of the alt-right, but that'd be too much. I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know if I have a problem.
3: I guess... I guess in, like, some ways it's, um... Because I, I think the way they play it off for him is that, uh... There may be a chance that he could be on the better side of things. Like, but... All of it is still predicated on him doing some pretty creepy shit. Mm-hmm. Um... And so... Yeah, he's never that like he's never really a sympathetic character, I guess. No, this is true.
4: Yeah, yeah this this is this is pretty true. Uh I'm trying to think in uh, Mariano mariano what is uh an issue that you might have had with this season
0: literally the only issue i had was detective mahoney's hair the whole season yeah yes his hair looks like um it looks like it looks like you know how people go by like the fake grass for their front lawn it's Mm -hmm. just so it's like a sheet of grass like a grass cake and they just Mm -hmm. lay it on the lawn and it's just like all right cool that's what it looked like with his hair and it and, and it was pissing me off because his lineup was clean, but I was like, there's something not right about this. And I looked at his hair and I said, oh, because this shit looks like it, like it looks what's your opinion
2: or- on the D.A.'s lineup. Mm, that's you know
0: what? You know what? Cuz I feel like they're
2: pretty similar lineups.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this. The lineups are pretty similar. It's just the the hair texture.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Cuz I feel like that's I feel like that's why he won the DA ship. Yeah, cuz like you yeah, see yeah, that guy on the ballot, you got to vote for him with that lineup. Right.
1: No, 100% because here's the thing, right? <laughs> this
0: is he, just He perfect. had my vote for Rick because he had a trustworthy hairline and the hair match. So my thing is is it's not necessarily Mahoney's hairline that I have yeah. a problem with cuz the line was clean. It's just the hair like it looked like it, it looked like the hair it looked like the hairline came with the hair you yeah. know what I'm saying like it, like that and I I just, it just didn't sit right with me it just made me So up.
3: my follow up question then is are we looking at Mariano 2020 or 2024 <laughs> 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 It depends man I need
0: I need a, I need a strong a strong campaign I might need a running mate you know what I'm saying I'm I'm mm-hmm. open to suggestions Well I think you start uh, with exactly. start with DA start with DA Okay Okay.
2: (laughs) I mean, we can run right. We can go straight to president, but if you want to start, I mean, I I bet that uh, Atlanta could use a new DA. Uh, No, 100%. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm out here, man. Let's get it. We're ready. We got to get it
3: started. (laughs) Between Zach Harper's hair and Mariano's, like, no one else stands a chance, right? No. That's the best of both
2: worlds. It's like the best hair for white guy, best hair for black guy. Boom, done. There it is, right? If
3: there's anything that can unite the whole country
4: the the slogan the best oreo you can find <laughs> <laughs> so the only the only thing i'll say there's two things i'll say about this season that that was a slight issue all right, so, like, I understand Matt is Daredevil, and he's a fighter, and he gets beat up sometimes. Well, that it wasn't just sometimes, he just got beat up literally all <laughs> the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it was almost like what ended up happening to the Punisher, and I love the Punisher season mm-hmm. one. But, man, how many bullets and knife stabs yeah. can you take? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the, yep. that's the that's the that's the, like really the only like real issue, and also no shouts to the FBI
2: this season. No. Uh, uh, oh no, like, no, 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 and in real life, what's not.
4: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> true, all true, Jake, <laughs> you too much. Um, but also I should say, I know obviously some of the FBI were obviously co-opted by Fisk, but also the FBI watching Fisk. Um, in in his uh, just letting Poindexter, oh, like, oh, oh, can you can you get me something or oh no, I'll take over. When clearly Poindexter looks crazy and looks psychotic, they just Mm -hmm. let him uh, take over the uh the video portion of things and let him run up in there.
3: That that, those were like my my slight
4: uh, to point
3: yes, AC like. When Nadim finally finds out that there is missing
2: footage,
3: like <laughs> there's, like no one was checking this whole time. Also, it's that
2: easy to turn it off. Like one yeah. dude.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the secret lair? Like, oh, the I, secret lair behind the uh, kingpin's secret lair behind yes. the bed. Uh, yeah.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. That was a lot too. <laughs> yeah, that was. They're not <laughs> great at their job. No. This.
2: Because it wasn't like it was that hidden. Like it wasn't like it was like freaking Alley where you need to tap a certain amount. You just need to fucking <laughs> yeah. touch it. And it yeah. I don't yeah.
4: Know. Oh man. All right. So the final final category here is what would we like to see going forward? Um, assuming that there is a season four, mm-hmm. is there any storyline that you're looking forward to, or anything that you would like to see? Uh, Mariano, what 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 you thinking?
0: Um, I I know we got a brief you know uh look back at dex you know his early life you know especially like with therapy and stuff like that um i do want them to kind of go back and do a little bit more maybe like maybe like frequent uh you know flashbacks instead of like devoting one episode like you know what i'm saying um i'm trying to remember what uh some show did that i want to say it's like i don't know if it's black lightning some some show does that where it's like a frequent you know they'll they'll flash back to uh, show you something and then it'll, it'll arrow, show why arrow it played. It. That arrow, that's what it, that's exactly yeah. what it is. arrow. So they do that whole thing with Oliver where it's like they'll give you a flashback with no context and they'll show you something and then they'll show you later on in the episode why that was important, like stuff like that. I mean I don't want them to necessarily copy that you know that whole style that blueprint, but. I would like to kind of see a little bit more of you know like 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 uh, young Dex. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like okay. past beyond like yeah. the childhood stage. You know what I mean? Like teenager to you know just whatever. I, I, but I, but I do want to see more of him because I think he is like to me. He's like the most interesting, the most interesting character.
4: In, yeah, interesting stuff, Jake. How about you?
2: I want to see Matt back in the courtroom. I uh, yeah, I think that because yeah. I think that the thing that this episode actually was missing was the. I think that's interesting about so many superhero shows is the double life because. We didn't see him with his normal life. It was all Daredevil. And I want to see him, you know, because I think that in order for um the show to like kind of reset itself next season, which I think it does need to because I think it's at the end of an arc, that I think a way to do it would be like that. I want to see Matt try to get back to having a normal life after yeah. he like swore off of it. Because that was something that was really interesting is that he swore off of being Matt Murdock and then he realized obviously that, you know, that's not possible.
4: Yeah, that, no that's kind of hard. Uh Jerome, how about you?
3: Um random like fantasy fight that would be fun to see would be Punisher versus Bullseye. Ooh, but yes. uh like I don't know how we get there, but um just like how this is all left off, the way I feel like the logical point of this next season go at least in terms of like what's going on is because well Fisk is in jail and he can't also pose a threat. I imagine bullseye has to go after vanessa right like he has like because it can't be daredevil and we need some way of basically offing vanessa to like get back into like kingpin being unhinged again because otherwise like we're just kind of a stalemate at this moment so uh in my opinion i just think that yeah daredevil has or not daredevil sorry bullseye needs to be like just complete chaos that daredevil has to figure out like how to handle like whether it's going after like all the daredevils people or whether it's going after vanessa like and like yeah just all of that i think that's what i'm looking forward to just like how nuts it gets because i feel like it's got it. like that's the only way that this can move on because we don't really have i think this season of like calculated like manipulation i think the other one the next part has to be like the exact opposite
4: hmm hmm,
3: that's that's fascinating
4: i i I like the idea of vanessa being a huge part of uh, running things for Fisk on the low uh, out here in these in these streets in Hell's Kitchen. Um, for me, personally, uh, you know, reading the comics and, quote-unquote, sp- uh, spoiler alert, in the comic books, uh, Bullseye does kill Karen Page. So, mm-hmm. like, this is something that I think is out there. So I want to see the full-blown rivalry between Daredevil and Bullseye. Because obviously we got so many great uh, fight scenes out of it, and and action and compelling stuff between the two, that I think a full rivalry will maybe eventually create some casualties, especially with uh, you know the show. Uh, regardless of the success of the show this season, you know, with what what's happening with the Disney streaming service and everything, which we'll talk about another time. But uh, with everything that's happening there. You have you have to properly question how much longer that this show is going to go. But if we do get a, a fourth season, it, with that rise with that rise of the stakes, I think that is something that I want to see the that rivalry build. Not necessarily be one of those things where oh, Karen has to die, but you want to see you want to see the stakes. I'm always about I always
3: to see the, the threat of it. Yeah,
4: yeah, the yeah the the threat of it I think is as important as anything else. So overall. Listen, Daredevil season three was awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we already everybody who's seen it, I think, hasn't really had any complaints about it. Um, just a quickie: has this been the best season of any Marvel uh, Netflix show? Uh, Jerome, what oh, do you think? Or yeah. Mariano?
3: I mean, uh no nah, you, you just Jerome. I just, I was just talking, thinking out loud. <laughs> I can't fairly say uh, just because I haven't seen all of them. Uh, yeah, it's definitely up there. I think. Daredevil season one was really good. Jessica Jones was good. I don't know about the
2: rest necessarily. No, I think, no, yeah. no, they aren't. Just <laughs> yeah. saying. No. So yeah, they yeah,
4: yeah, okay. Good job, cool. Jake. Cool.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, I am yeah, Sorry,
2: go. Oh,
4: Mariana, what you
0: thinking? I want to because I I really do want to say yes. Like I do, and I think that I think that I would be. Uh, that'd be safe for me to say yes because i'm just i would just be being biased by saying like the punisher it was just a really i just i just enjoyed that punisher season like a lot i'm but with you on that better than i don't yeah. think it was necessarily better but they did cover like you know a lot of ground during that season like they you know what i mean like they yes they they they, they checked off a lot of things that i want to see from you know from certain shows uh but i mean yeah I, I i think right now like i said at the beginning of the pod you know i don't want to be suffering from like Regency bias but like it, I it think was an incredible too, season yeah. um, so I mean I don't I don't necessarily want to just say yeah just like that because that punishment season still just sticks in my mind like a lot
3: a lot so I but I'll, know I'll go with Jerome and say it's, it's definitely up there you know what Mario though like that's like a conversation I was having with Anthony like on Twitter today like he's he was telling me like Infinity War is like go like nothing touches that but Ragnarok is still my personal favorite that's Ragnarok is incredible yo so it's a like, great I, film. I, yeah. I, I think there are ways where you may like in whatever objective way think like this is like the strongest season, but like you could have you have a favorite. That's just what it is. Like Yeah, is, I was right going to say that
2: about this season. This is probably the best made season. My favorite Netflix season though was probably Jessica Jones season 1 just cuz I Kilgrave spoke to me as a villain in a way that like I don't know, I think about so many of those scenes mm-hmm. all the time. So uh but this is definitely um i think the most consistent well-made because there are problems with jessica Jones season one it just this is i'm gonna be honest with you like david 10 is a silver bullet for me i can't help myself i will say
3: that this is a season that had no lull
2: unlike
3: every other one that i've come across yeah like every other season like i would say like there are moments where um yeah it just felt like it was like slowing down whereas this one like just every episode throughout like i never felt in any way uninterested (sighs)
4: Well, that was the best thing about it is that you got—they gave you the first three episodes to kind of tell you what's happening and give mm-hmm. you kind of like the, the the build. They didn't do it slowly, but I'd say they were they were uh, methodical in the way that they built it. And then by the time you get to episode four and the jail fight scene and everything that happens after that, it becomes a thrill ride all the way through. Yep. So yeah. So I, I I think that's what the best thing about this uh, show was, and 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 I think I would agree with Jake that the it's the best made. Uh, season of television though I'm kind of with Mariano on there was something about the Punisher season one that was just really really good in a way that um, I wasn't ex- necessarily expecting so like from that mm-hmm. standpoint I'll, I'll I'll go with that and on
3: that note in terms um, of sorry just like to your yeah. point about the pacing like if you just think about the major fights like yeah. number four is the prison fight number six is the office fight then we have number ten like it's so nicely balanced throughout that, yeah. like, it always just comes back into those major moments, but
4: anyway. And then, yeah, of course, and then you, of course, get the end. The end doesn't disappoint with the fight scene that you get there, and Matt having to make the decision whether to kill Kingpin or not, and I think the fact that he didn't, was important to his growth. We we, we love to see f- some actual character growth from uh, these the superheroes in these things. It's
3: also smart. Yes! That's it the was, thing, like... Yes. Yeah,
4: yeah completely. Uh, so, it, hey, this is... It, it was great to talk about this. It was great to discuss this for for an hour. But, but as all good things must come to an end here, uh, Mariano, it has been a pleasure always to talk to you. I'm, glad that I'm we were so able happy to-
3: you got onto this one. Yes. Yeah. always happy oh, that yeah. we were able
4: to put this one together with you involved yeah, in it. Oh, uh, 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 when he was
3: like, Mari can make it, I was like, when? I'll call. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make
4: pla- That's I'll make why, time. like... I told Mariano I was gonna wait for him. Yeah, and to, I text
0: him. Uh, I text AC, and I know I, I appreciate that too, man. Because like, as I started watching the season, I was like, "Boy, I hope they don't get antsy and just go without me because this shit is incredible." and I want to talk about it, man. But I texted him Mar- like
3: as soon as I finished. You tweeted. Uh, you tweeted about the backbreaking scene, right? I remember yeah. that. Like I remember reading that, and I remember seeing it on my timeline and knowing that we didn't do it yet. I was like, "Oh, we can go now. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're yeah. ready. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do this. that."
0: Was it? Yeah, I, yeah that that man. I'm so yeah. glad I had a chance to do it too. You know, I always love talking to y'all, man. Always, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where 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 can we follow you, sir? Oh, I, you already know on Twitter at Mariano M A R I A two N's two O's. Um, like I tell most people, when they ask me for money, um, on on IG, follow me now. Get in there early because when landing comes, it's going to be flooded with nothing but like kid content. <laughs> um, but it's at Tell T E L. F L A I R, um, yeah, man, how at me,
4: Jake Christie? Where can we follow you? Ah, uh, you
2: can follow me at the Jake Christie on Twitter. Uh, Listen to my other podcast, Sorted History. By the time this goes up, I'm probably gonna because I have to edit that one tonight, and so this will probably be up on Tuesday. Uh, by that time, or maybe Monday night, but by the time this goes up, there will be a new Sorted History with uh, Michael nice. Jamal Brooks on Senator Bob Menendez. Hey, hey. So check that out. <laughs> yeah, um, please though, follow me on Twitter uh, if you like um tweets.
3: And please, <laughs> and, and yes, do that. that that's that's, that's his accurate. History. Jake doesn't tweet often, but he tweets efficiently. Ah, this thing, easy. I no, used to tweet. A, a
2: I used to tweet fifteen to 12, thirty times a day. Uh, now I only like tweet like Jake. five or six times a day. Yeah, so.
0: Jake, Jake is very, very, very efficient. Thank yes.
4: you. Yes. Shout to Jake and subscribe to Sorted History. Thank uh, you, Jerome Chang. Where can we follow you?
3: Uh, Twitter and IG both are at Black Dragon Roll. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's really all there is to it.
0: No, <laughs> oh, my favorite. <laughs> Nah, that's not all there is to it. My favorite picture (laughs) that I've seen this year that wasn't, like, family, like, my kids related was the picture of you on the kids' cam with the pizza, yo. That (laughs) shit is incredible. Like, that is a great picture, man. Thank you. I appreciate
4: that. Shouts to Jerome. Follow him. He's one of the funniest people on Twitter gay what you call it give that man a follow and of course you can follow me on twitter at ac spotlight nine five ac spotlight podcast we've been doing some good content over here we had amin el hassan uh over the past week uh, very good yeah very good show thank you i appreciate it And i also appreciate the feedback that people have been given so we'll try and keep it coming there and of course, sub- subscribe to this podcast, the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. So want to give a shout out to our other member, Nitsan Bluffstein. We'll have her back for Deadpool 2 whenever that happens, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. And this has been the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I bid you adieu.
2: All right, guys. Gotta go check out on the TV to see if I'm gonna hit on our right, three geez. bets for the afternoon games. I'm so far, <laughs> if the game's ended right now, I'm three for three. So, all right, all right talk right, to y'all okay. later. Let's
4: go. All right, no, no, no. right Ariano, thank, thank you so much. So oh, yeah, you already you know, Man, it. Thank, man right. thank you, man. man. All right, definitely. But thank you.
0: Bye uh, Be easy, guys.